0: welcome to the netflix and swill podcast your source for netflix news reviews and booze i'm caleb and this is definitely not the first time we're doing this intro and i uh, am on a trip far away from my home and it's ruined everything for us uh i wouldn't go that far
1: but yeah it's ruined a lot of things uh particularly the fact your budget because i believe you had to buy a new laptop
0: yeah yeah i haven't used uh The laptop I had for, shit, probably five years-ish in a while. Last time I used it was to record an episode of our show. And I was like, surely everything will just work the same as the last, literally the last time I turned it on. And then uh, I turned it on and nothing worked. And I was like, oh no, nothing works. Yikers. Well, I'm glad everything's working now. Yeah, I just went out and bought a new computer. You know, the normal human response
1: to something breaking is by brand new thousand dollar thing.
0: It wasn't that much, but I did. I did buy uh, a wireless mouse and uh, a mouse pad that has Grumpy Cat on it saying I had fun once. It was awful. It's a shame that it's not a waifu. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I should, I should have got one of those like squishy boob mouse pads that your wrist like rests between the boobs. Except, uh, they make one that it's that, and like instead of boobs, it's Donkey Kong's ass. <laughs> 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 oh, I've I've seen those those anime booby.
1: Uh, mouse pads—they're disturbing—and if you own one, uh, please
0: seek help. Yeah, what's wrong with you? But yeah, I'm—I'm uh, I'm in upstate New York, not in Utica. It's uh, Albany. Expression. It's an—it's its an Albany expression. I was interviewing for a job today. They offered me a a promotion up here, and uh, just came up to check it out with the wife. And I'm on a, a limited hardware set from what I normally use to record. So I'm holding the microphone in my hand like a barbarian. That's it. It's all I have going on. How about you?
1: Uh, I have nothing going on. Well, except I'm also having tech issues. My computer uh, seemingly windows will never will not stay installed and will always break. So I've moved to Ubuntu, uh, which is the Linux operating system. Uh, and I'll so bet. far, it's fine. It's working. It's working as intended, which means I can still boot into the into my computer using it, as opposed to what waking up, turning on my computer, uh, it not turning on, and then it trying to boot from safe mode, and then it just blue screen of deaths before I just even get anywhere. So, yeah, that's fantastic.
0: I think I just need to reformat. My oh, yeah. previous laptop, probably, because like I was I was using Ubuntu on that. But I think the issue is that I was trying to, trying to run 2022 software on 2015 hardware.
1: <laughs> well, don't feel bad because this is 2017 hardware, which like. That's fine. Like 2017 hardware can still, for the most part, run all this software. But yeah, I, I need to upgrade. And unfortunately, the the Bitcoin miners have completely fucked the market yeah thanks thanks crypto It's just a graphic like i honestly i probably could just be like hi just send me a a new computer with all new parts except for this graphics card which i will just use my current graphics card it's fine i don't care that much
0: why would you want a new computer when they can just give you an nft of a computer
1: it's the same thing i'll just take a picture of it and then you know distribute yeah. it around the internet and we'll be fine
0: all of my apes are gone
1: <laughs> i i of course moved on from my uh what is, is it grumpy ape. what the fuck is that even called board ape uh, that's it
0: it's called yeah board ape yacht club
1: yeah so i moved on from my board ape yacht club which uh for those of you who are unaware my personal twitter and discord uh accounts both had justin bieber's uh board ape yacht club I saw it on the internet that it was Justin Bieber's, so I'm like, ah it's fuck, funny. That's funny. That's really yeah, funny. funny. I'm gonna take it. So uh now I've moved on to uh Dan of Steel or Steery Danu.
0: Steery Danu.
1: Uh from part three of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, of course, and that'll continue through this month, and then we'll see who's uh board a Yacht Club I'm gonna take next. We'll see what other fool uh has fucking decided that they wanna have that for some reason. Oh my uh, before we get
0: into it, you were on Rabbit Ears. Tell us about that. Uh, I was. I was on there to talk about uh, Adventure Time. Come on, grab your friends. Yeah. So, uh, it was fun. Me and Ashley had a, a really good discussion about that, and it's kind of all the things that we we love about that show. It's a good time. Yeah. It's a good show. That's it. That's, that's the whole thing. Check it
1: out. Check out the show notes. Uh, link will be there because actually will it be there? I don't know. I'm probably going to have to make up a link because Ashley hasn't even edited this thing and it's supposed to. Is it this? I forget her fucking schedule. I barely remember her work schedule and she does it every week and she does the podcast once a month. So it'll be up at some point in the near future. So S- subscribe to Rabbit Ears, pieces of shit. No. <laughs> and with that, it's time for What's Your Swill?
2: can we please get some alcohol into my mouth he hates these cans stay away from the cans all
0: right well i know i pledged to have a different uh lagunitas ipa each time this month but uh i was was surprised suddenly whenever they were like hey be up in new york to do this job interview and I was like, OK, I don't think that they'll let me bring a beer on the plane. Uh, so I'm having an orange crush because my beer's at home in the fridge and I'll have it next time. That's fair. You can just do two for next week's show and it's fine.
1: Yeah. Now, here's the question. Uh, did you just pack a carry on for this? I assume you just, you know, were like, oh, I'll just shove like two days worth of shit into a single bag or and I see your wife behind you. Did you have to bring more than one bag per person because your wife came Um, with you?
0: I I put my clothes and stuff in with her luggage and checked it, and then I just brought a backpack with, you know, the computer that I was going to use and, like, some books and stuff for on the plane. There you go. Uh, While I'm drinking uh, a
1: vodka tonic with my jalapeno vodka, I, I legitimately cannot recommend this enough, everybody. Do it. Do it for yourselves. You'll you'll see the greatness. It's delicious. Do it for the vine. Do do it for the vine. Uh, ginger and jalapeno, and steep it for uh, at least the runtime of an hour. Oh, uh, of uh, Desperado, or what? It was either Desperado or Once Upon a Time in Mexico. I, I let it steep for that long. So however long that was, whichever movie, pick one. <laughs> let it steep for that long.
0: Uh, well, that'll bring us over to some Netflix news.
2: Oh, shit, it's mail time.
0: Uh, So if you've watched and rated something on Netflix within the last week, you've no doubt noticed a new option. You, too, can do your best Siskel and Ebert impression and tell Netflix how much you love something by giving it two thumbs up. No word on when two thumbs down will be hitting the service, or if Netflix will just bring back the star system.
1: Yeah. (laughs) This is... I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've already went in and super like things. That's what I'm going to call this. That's from Tinder. Uh, did I ever pay to super like somebody on Tinder? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, my, my love advice to you people is if you want to find somebody, just join a podcast network and hope someone gets divorced.
0: That's good advice. Um, <laughs> it's great advice. <laughs> I don't know. If you pay to super like somebody on Tinder, you're a simp.
1: Pretty much. So yeah, uh, as for this, just bring, just bring back the fucking star system. Like, everyone understood the star system. We all, we all got it. Uh, I know the prevailing wisdom is that you know it changed because of Amy Schumer. I don't believe that. I believe they've been testing things for months and decided, oh, this is what people like seem to like more
0: yeah. than Star Wars. It was just hilariously convenient timing. Oh,
1: oh, oh absolutely. But everyone's like, ah, like if I hear that fucking thing again, I'm like, I'm gonna like punch someone through the internet. <laughs> I'll figure it out. But yeah, just bring back the star system at this point. Like y- you have, uh, like dislike, ambivalent, and now uh, love. You know, give us
0: hate. Yeah. All right. Russian Netflix users have launched a class action lawsuit against the company for halting business in the country saying the reason for the lawsuit was a violation of Russian users' rights due to Netflix's unilateral refusal to provide services in Russia. Uh, Is Netflix a right? Do Russians have rights? Let me know in the comments of my Twitch stream that I haven't done in three years. What is that a reference to? Uh... (laughs) That's a reference to a fucking spice eight rack video about oh. uh fucking Magic the Gathering lore. Uh yeah. So Caleb, let us discuss whether Netflix is a right. Uh
1: it's not. Oh, well shit. Looks like their case holds no water then. <laughs> I mean, like wh- what do you want? Hey, we don't like that you took away our Netflix. Uh okay. How about people taking away your ability to pay for things through, like, PayPal, Venmo, that kind of shit, because they also shut down most services in your country. Worry about that thing first before, you know, you come to Netflix with your no money. Yeah. All right. Uh, Our final story is that Frank Langella has been fired from Mike Flanagan's Fall of the House of Usher adaptation for misconduct, including sexual harassment. Langella's cast is the series' main character, Roderick Usher, and all of the scenes will be reshot with a new actor.
0: Yikes. Yikers. Does Skeletor have rights? Uh, let me know. <laughs> in uh in the back page of my ninth grade yearbook. Uh where nobody signed it because I had no friends.
1: Uh that's something to unpack, but not 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 right now. Uh yeah. <laughs> So, like, uh, considering that Frank Langella was the main character of the show and they have to recast
0: him and at least half of his scenes have been shot, that means filming was about halfway over. So my question, I guess, is, are they going to just reshoot everything or are they going to shoot a new actor doing it and like digitally splice them into it? I mean there is precedence for
1: this the latter because Tignataro famously took over the uh mm-hmm. role in Army of the Dead. Yeah. But that was so fucking noticeable. Like anytime Tignataro was on screen, uh if she wasn't by herself, the the rest of the fucking scene was just blurred to all hell so that way you couldn't tell that she wasn't supposed to be there. So I hope they don't do that and I kind of hope they just go Eh, fuck it, just reshoot the damn thing. Yeah, just get Christopher Plummer. You know he he already filled in for one piece of shit. You can you can have him fill in for another piece of shit. He's just the the natural fill in piece of, for piece of shit guy now in Hollywood. Have you, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Yeah, I guess, I guess so remember you know that movie all the money in the world you maybe you maybe don't remember this but this was like right after the kevin spacey scandal began uh where kevin spacey like kevin spacey was originally playing like one of the major people in that movie and then uh his his scandal hit and then he got digitally replaced with christopher Plummer.
0: Hmm. interesting
1: so just bring in christopher Plummer. he's already uh used to this kind of shit uh, I believe in him, so that way we can now make the joke that Christopher Plummer played Skeletor. Julio gets that joke. But yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on with the, the fall of the House of Usher uh, that is likely going to get delayed into sometime. I'm assuming it was coming out in 2023 anyway, but uh, if it had a chance at 2022, uh, it is now gone.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is the first time I've heard of it, so I don't know.
1: Well, Mike Flanagan's been pretty much on, like, a two-year pace, and I guess Midnight Mass did come out just last year, so cool, I guess. Like, maybe this doesn't injure the, hey, we're gonna get you in around Halloween time timeline, but I don't know. Yeah. Alright, that'll move us into Downstream, where we talk about some trailers we watched yesterday
0: but didn't talk about.
2: Baby, I can't control the internet. (laughs)
0: Yeah, due to technical issues. Uh the first one is that there's a Stranger Things season 4 part 1. I still hate that they don't just do full seasons. Uh trailer. Uh I watched it. I don't think you did the trailer did shows not. too much including what potentially like the main monster is, I guess. And I didn't I didn't just want to look at it. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, Yeah, I did not watch it because I know I'm watching the show. Like, even if I wasn't doing this show, I would be watching Stranger Things. And so I'm employing the same
0: tactic I use for
1: whenever I'm going to watch something already,
0: (sighs) which is not watching a trailer. I just hope that it doesn't suck. I I'm so I'm just so disinterested in it right now. It's fair. I just don't give a shit. Was it was, now? Was
1: it the trailer, or was it the fact that it's taken them
0: three years to get it out? Yeah, it's been three years. I I don't care anymore. Well, we'll see what know. part
1: four, part or season four, part one does for your interest, and see if it rekindles something in you where you want to
0: watch part two in July. I don't know. Just every <laughs> every time I see the Stranger Kid, Stranger Things kids, I'm like they're they're all like adults now because they've taken so long to do this thing and like I don't know. I like by by the time that like we get the final part of season 5 which is going to be like a five part season that releases over the course of 7 years uh Finn Wolfhard's going to be 32 years old And, like, have a fucking beer belly and uh, a bald spot.
1: I'd actually love that. That'd be great. Like, like, he's supposed to be, like, in college, Finn Wolfhard, and he just looks like a fucking... (laughs) he, He just looks like me. That'd be fantastic.
0: Oh, fuck. What I'm saying is we have a limited amount of time to use Finn Wolfhard for movies and stuff before he, like, gets addicted to heroin or something. If it hasn't already happened. That's true. All right. uh, The first trailer we actually watched uh, is for Senior Year, starring Rebel Wilson. Uh, After a cheerleader, Rebel Wilson falls off a pyramid and into a 20-year coma. She wakes up as a 37-year-old woman ready to return to high school, regain her status, and claim the prom queen crown that eluded her. Uh, cheerleading stunt gone wrong landed her in a 20-year coma. Now she's 37, newly awake, and ready to live out her high school dream, becoming prom queen. This is I don't know teen teen girl comedy. It stars Rebel Wilson, so I will not be watching it. I don't know. She's uh she's fine. She's uh lost a dramatic amount of weight.
1: It's an Adele like transformation for her. Yeah. So I mean, good for her putting her health in charge of it, like in front of everything else. Yeah. But.
0: I don't know. Uh, whenever somebody goes through like a transformation that dramatic, I'm like, hopefully like they are actually healthy and didn't like do something crazy to do it or like mess up their body more. But no, she looks she looks good you know good for her
1: good for her uh as for the movie uh bad for us uh maybe that'll be a watch at some point <laughs> when i get way too drunk and i'm like ah eh, fuck it i don't care but yeah that movie looks like ass i don't
0: know i'll uh i'll make you watch it that's probably <laughs> true all right next up is the takedown oh usmane diakite is maybe the way the that you pronounce that name it's a character played by omar Sy, uh and francois mong mong mange i hate you uh played by laurent lafitte are two cops with very different styles backgrounds and careers the unlikely pair are reunited once again for a new investigation that takes them across france what seemed to be a simple drug deal turns out to be a high-scale criminal case wrapped in danger and unexpected comedy Watch The Takedown, only on Netflix May 6. Forced to re-team after a decade, two mismatched cops investigate a murder in a divided French town where a wider conspiracy looms. Uh, this looks fun. This looks fun.
1: Uh, I wish the trailer was in French instead of horribly dubbed English.
0: Yeah, that's true. Like, uh, I was specifically watching for it because you you said that about Lupin, and like, yeah, it's it's rough.
1: Yeah, I don't know why they do Omar Sy like this. It it just seems like every time there's Omar Sy in anything, they just go, oh, let's horribly, horribly dub this trailer so that way no one feels any interest in watching it.
0: Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, Hopefully he doesn't steal $20 million worth of shit from the set of the movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. I forgot about that for a minute. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this looks uh fun. Uh it looks like, you know, fr- like a French kind of Hollywood action style movie. So I'm interested in checking it out. Uh I'm even more interested in having you say French names.
0: Yeah. Uh our last trailer this week is for Heartstopper. Love meets doubt, fear meets joy, boy meets boy. Heartstopper, an eight-chapter story about life, love, and everything in between, based on the best-selling graphic novels from Alice Oseman. Teens Charlie and Nick discover their unlikely friendship might be something more as they navigate school and young love in this coming-of-age series. Friendship, says R. Sappho and her friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, looks fine, I guess, if you're into that. Yeah. I don't know, it's like a teen romance.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I just wanted to bring it up because like it's the most popular thing seemingly on net for like that came out in trailer wise this week for Netflix. Like, there was so much shit around this. Like, when's the trailer for Heartstopper? Ah! Like, it's social media shit. So like in between, like you know, it's like bring back Julie and the Phantoms and where's the Heartstopper trailer and bring back fucking Manifest and it's like the reply to that is they already they already did. So you know. It, the normal replies to any Netflix tweet of fans
0: bitching. Uh, that's true. But yes, this looks fine. Uh, it's, it's it. all I have to yeah. say. All
1: right. That'll move us into quick hits. This is where we talk about some th- stuff we watched this week. Caleb, did you watch anything else this week?
0: Uh, no, I had to fly to New York. Uh,
1: my answer is also No. I had to watch 39 episodes of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Diamond is Unbreakable, which I Mm -hmm. succeeded at. I I put on about 20 of them at 1.5, or 1.25 speed. So, helped them fly. Yeah.
0: Fly, eagles, fly. That's like, uh, you must have been using Sto-Pretinum, to, uh, manipulate time. Yeah, a little bit. All right. Uh, Well, in that case, why don't we cut into a quick break? And when we come back, we'll talk about that featured review for the week. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable.
2: Hello, everyone. My name is Nick. I'm the host of Nikolai's Kitchen, and I'm also the host of the annual live stream for The Cure.
1: Welcome back everybody Caleb. It's time to get into our main interview topic for the week. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4 Diamond is Unbreakable.
0: All right. And uh Diamond is Unbreakable is I don't know. How how do you describe Diamond is Unbreakable? It's more of like slice of life slash um they're they're kind of still dealing with the fallout from uh like all the shit Dio did and i don't know it's uh instead of having to take like the most like indirect path halfway around the world uh it all takes place in a single town of morio um and uh it's just a bunch of stand users trying to get through life and not get killed by each other
1: right yeah Uh, that's pretty much it. Like it, it it is like a little slice of life, but like ultimately, I I, they go to school maybe three times in the whole show. So like, Mm -hmm. it's not that kind of slice of life. It's just like, hey, this weird shit keeps happening in our town. Let's investigate.
0: Yeah, they uh, they also like they have time to just play around during this. Like they'll. There's an episode where they just go to a restaurant and it's, like, dealing with that and the weird implications of, like, you know, having a restaurateur who is a stand user. Uh, And then there's, like, oh, this is the the two-part episode about them meeting their favorite manga artist. And, like, this is a two-part episode about, like, young love and the complications of, like, falling too quickly for somebody and becoming obsessed
1: yeah that's a good point like there, there is some good framing around that all around like finding stand users like I, the the chef episode is particularly good because it's like you're you're waiting for that shoe to drop at any point because you're like oh it's an <laughs> enemy stand user and they just and uh okoyasu just keeps eating food because he's okoyasu
0: yeah because he's a big dumb idiot Big,
1: dumb idiot. But, like, he, he'll he eat his food, and then he'll be like, oh, something weird's happening with within me. And Josuke is like, yo, dog! Uh, I'm gonna fight you, enemy stand user. And it turns out he's <laughs> fine. Like, he's just actually there to, like, be a good person. Like, so, like, but, like, the tension in that episode is is very good. Because, like I said, you're just waiting for that shoe to drop, and it never does. It's just like, oh, we have a misunderstanding here because of all the past experiences we've gone through.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, of course, because, like, everything has to break bad at some point. The uh, second half of the season is them trying to hunt down a serial killer after, like, several characters allude to him throughout the, the first part of the season, so. Uh, y- yeah. Yeah, because, what, we get
1: that episode where Rohan and, um, Kyose are trapped in the the spiraling afterworld thing kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And that's um, where we
1: first get it dropped that there's yeah, a killer Yeah, Rohan
0: Kashibe's Adventure, where they you know, cause like Morio is like a nice place to live, but like it has a dark underbelly cause like, you know children disappear there like at like eight times the national average rate and like people don't talk about it and it's I don't know. It's like creepy and sets up the, the second part pretty well. So
1: right. Without you even really noticing it, like it, it's just kind of like, a oh, that's a weird thing that you just mentioned. And then all of a sudden, like they start drip feeding in the, uh the key yeah.
0: storyline. Cause like the way like that character, like they, they meet a ghost essentially is what happens. But like uh that character's story is like a popular urban legend. That, like, you know, I heard growing up, so. Yeah, except it really happened. Yeah, of course.
1: But uh, I mean, at some point you would figure (laughs) that uh, if you're in Japan and someone has a surname of Kira and a murder happens in the vicinity of that Mm -hmm. person, you would immediately expect them because it just seems like anybody with that name uh, is a murderer
0: yes i've seen death note well i mean at least that's
1: a pseudonym and you know supposed yeah. to obfuscate from who l or light actually is but uh yeah in this one it was like yosakage kira
0: and i went yep that's the guy <laughs> this is the enemy um i don't know our main cast are uh the new jojo who is Josuke higashikata Uh, And his stand, Crazy Diamond, or as they call it in the the English dub, Shining Diamond. Because we don't want to get sued. Yep. Um, So what did you think about Josuke Higashikata, and can you find the Jojo in his name?
1: Uh, You can't. You have to understand that he is the illegitimate son of Joseph Joestar in order for you to realize that he is a Jojo.
0: Yeah, and also... Finding the Jojo in his name requires some knowledge of Japanese because apparently the character for Suke uh, can also sometimes be pronounced as Joe. So his first name literally is just Jojo. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's a weird thing that I learned.
1: Well, I mean, that's something like you hear it all the time in like Japanese anime, which is like my my names are the characters for, you know, tree and myth. like. Uh sure buddy whatever. And uh, like I, I guess that's cool, but it, it, like to me who's not even seeing your Japanese name I'm just like sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> um Josuke's um, fine. Uh he's much more interesting than Jotaro.
0: Uh I think yeah, if jo- you, you- Jotaro's just stoic muscle boy. Mm-hmm. Uh I like Josuke a lot cuz he's he's just like a kid yeah like sassy teen um i don't know i i think josuke is a pretty good jojo
1: i agree Uh, i like josuke as a jojo uh the only reason i bring up jotaro is because he's in this but like yeah he his character Mm -hmm. really hasn't changed he's just the same character which is fine but as we learned in you know part three he's not a character that can carry his own kind of show like he needs a supporting cast around him uh, and this, they went kind of in the complete opposite direction. Like, because they went, they course corrected from Joseph into Jotaro, who doesn't fucking say anything. And then they course corrected back into Josuke, who who talks a lot.
0: Yeah. I don't know. He, all of his, uh, like, little character quirks and stuff really worked for me, though. Like, he has just, like, this outla- outrageous Pompadour hairstyle. But if you talk shit on it, like,. You know, Jotaro's strength came from getting really fucking mad. But, like, Josuke's strength comes from, like, people talking shit about his hair. And then he just fucking decides to murder them. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
1: Uh, which, that is used uh, twice in the show and then completely forgotten about for the rest of the time.
0: I don't know. Comes up on occasion. Uh, yep. And, of course, as you mentioned, uh, Jotaro Kujo is back with his star Platinum. Uh, as they're trying to hunt down uh, another one of the Stand arrows that has uh, surfaced in Morio, and like they're dealing with all the Stand users that it has created. The rest of the team is Koichi Hirose, who uh, uses the Stand Echoes, or in the English dub, it's called Reverb. Uh, it's like a sound based stand. It's uh also like the first like evolution type stand. It has three distinct forms, uh right. which are called Act One, Act Two, and Act Three. They each have distinct abilities.
1: Well, and also uh Koichi goes through three trans well, technically two transformations in the show himself. Like in mm-hmm. that's that's all signified by his hair. Like uh you know, his his first hair his first haircut looks like a certain way and then he gets like this like flat top haircut and then he goes fucking Super Saiyan for his third version. Yeah. Uh Echoes looks a lot like Cell and Frieza. That's true. So uh definitely Dragon Ball Z inspired there for, for that but uh, especially because I actually they, well Frieza has four forms, but so Cell has three forms. But that's that's me getting to Dragon Ball Z and I could talk about that show forever. I watched way too much of that show in my teens.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Koichi really is a reliable guy. Yeah. Good grief. Yara Yara does it. We have Okiyasu Nijimura and his stand, Zahando, or The Hand. Um, It has. Okiyasu is uh, basically just like the lovable dipshit of the group. True. Uh, he. Isn't good at anything. Uh, he's just fueled by his impressive temper. Uh, like when he gets mad, he'll just, uh, start destroying stuff because he's mad that he doesn't understand it.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, his stance ability is cool because it can take away like empty space. And uh, yeah, at one, so at one point he postulates, like, I have no idea where this space even goes. Like, I'm sure it yeah. goes somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, uh, The hand basically like it can just wipe things out of existence completely. So like he'll sweep his right hand through the air and like anything it touches just goes off to like some shadow dimension. Like like it got sucked into a black hole. But yeah, he can like use it to erase the space between him and his enemies to like prevent them from fleeing and stuff. It's interesting. It's a cool power.
1: Yeah, It's a cool power.
0: Uh, Too Uh, bad it's overpowered, so they can't use it that much yeah uh speaking of overpowered we have uh one of uh, my favorite stands ever uh rounding out the group uh which is rohan kashibe and his stand heaven's door
1: he really is like a, a secondary character in this i'm actually shocked how much he's in this show
0: yeah um i don't know and honestly like of the like support stands that don't do direct combat like heaven's door i think is probably by far the most powerful in like the entire series because like i it doesn't come up in the show but i think they've done it in the manga or like some of the the spoke kashibi rohan manga episodes and stuff uh heaven's door can just like resurrect somebody by writing be alive into them because his power is to turn people and things into books so he can like read the information like basically get their entire life story off of them without them having to even be aware of it but he can also write things into it so like if he realizes somebody is a stand user he'll just like turn them into a book and write in you cannot attack rohan kashibe
1: yep yeah, that's that's pretty fantastic. I mean, also there's there's times like especially at the end where he's like reading like like people imprint warnings on themselves like warning, don't ask about this thing. Like y- you've been warned. Don't mm. do it, you fucking idiot.
0: Yeah, and that's actually like the the main enemy ends up like using that to manipulate him a bit. Right. But uh Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if uh You want to kind of just do it before where we like break down each of the stands and what they do and then talk about the uh, like the big bad toward the end. So I guess
1: I just want to talk about like the the opening stuff, because like the first what 10, 15 ish episodes are just like collecting like a bunch of like supporting characters. Like there's a guy who has a stand that basically can puppet like anybody there's a girl who has a stand who's that's basically her hair and Mm -hmm. she uses that to fuck with people there's somebody who you know we have the chef guy who can revitalize people in certain ways with his food we got uh what the fuck's his name or or we got um the woman who can change the appearance of people which comes in to play later uh Mm -hmm. and then you know kishibi rohan so like you have like your opening stands, which are like all gonna be like allied stand users, which are like none of them really are prominent enough to really care about. Like the the chef gets brought up one time, uh, and then they all fuck off. And then he comes in at the end, he's like, Yeah, I did it. I'm Italian. Yeah. Bada boopy. Yeah. Uh the Oh, and also I guess there's the the, the kid uh who has the, the stand of What's up? What was it? Wager? Something like that. Uh, Spiky head kid. Harvest. Harvest. That was it. Like he had the multi stand thing that basically went around town stealing 100 yen coins from everybody.
0: No, just collecting ones that were lost. It's Uh, not stealing.
1: It's not stealing, except when he steals them out of people's pockets.
0: (laughs) That's true. He does get real shitty for a while.
1: So yeah, there's like, there there's those stands. I'd, I'd much rather talk about the stands we get, like, towards the end. Like, the multi... Like, because there's that July 15th arc. Where, yeah. Just stand-user after... It's like a four-part arc. Where it's uh, um, Kira's father, who for some reason is trapped in a photograph.
0: Yeah, which, like, I think that's... I think that's kind of his, his stand power, is like, he can... Move through photographs and stuff, but they end up trapping he, he, him in one. Yeah, uh,
1: he he go he goes around saying, "Look at this photograph." Uh, it's just Chad Kroger holding a photograph the entire time. Uh, but yeah, he he runs around uh, giving other people stand abilities because they need more stand fighters, and that's where I think we get the most interesting stands, outside of like you know, outside of like the the ones we've already mentioned. It's what it's uh, I can't remember if it's the English name or what. I, I think it's Enigma, which is basically the one that can turn anybody into paper.
0: Yeah, yeah, that one's pretty cool. He can, like, turn things into notes and shit. And that's where my favorite GIF ever comes from. Yeah, where it's uh Josuke looking at a piece of paper that says delete this and he turns it over and then a gun comes out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was the other that was the other fun part about uh watching part four is that like i would keep you up to date with where i was by posting gifs and i finally got to that part and i was just so happy that i could finally post that gif for you
0: yeah yeah i don't know let's uh let's fucking let's fucking smash through them real quick i guess i don't know so we talked about like the main cast stands uh we'll talk about the main villain stand at the end because it's it's another kind of evolution type stand that has like multiple abilities. Yep. Uh so of like the new enemy stand users, uh we get Aqua Necklace uh which is like another water-based stand. It can it can kind of move through anything water. Uh so like that's kind of the introduction of uh Crazy Diamond's power. Uh, is, like, trying to deal with this with the help of Jotaro. So, like, uh, like I said, it can, it can move through any liquid substance and then, like, basically get inside your body and fucking kill you from within. Right. So, this is where we find out about, uh, Josuke's really cool power because, uh, Crazy Diamond is basically, like, it can repair anything. Uh so he like smashes a bottle and then like rebuilds it around Aqua necklace to like seal it inside which is really cool. Also like I I guess like because of like how crazy diamond is designed uh it's based on the stand of the world from part 3 uh because apparently like Araki just really liked that design and didn't think he got to use it enough so he just made uh the JoJo for part four stand, basically like a color swapped like a palette swap of it, more yeah. or less.
1: Which is why I asked you, I'm like, can Crazy Diamond use the world? Cause it does it seems like it can based off of yeah. everything it's able to do.
0: But no, nah, he does uh, you know, like the typical typical JoJo type stand, like rapid punches, like you know, close range, like physical prowess fighter. But yeah, his whole thing is like, uh, like breaking things down and repairing them. So like he can, like, if somebody shoots like a bullet at him or whatever, he can punch it and like cause it to repair itself and fly back into the gun or whatever. Just like as an example. Mm -hmm. So like resets it to like its original state. Next up is uh, Keicho Nijimura, who is Okiasu's brother, uh, and his stand is Bad Company, uh,
1: which- or Worse Company.
0: <laughs> worse worse Company is the most hilarious localized name. Uh, <laughs> they tried. They really did not. They didn't try at all. They were just like, what's a synonym for bad? Yeah. Well, it's not even bad, it's worse. It's even more bad. Um, I don't know. It's basically the stand is, like, green army men. It's, like, a bunch of little tiny, like, army soldiers and tanks and helicopters and stuff. So it's, like, instead of fighting one one big stand, it's a bunch of little tiny ones that shoot, like, mini bullets at you. And, like, just pepper you with, uh you know, a whole bunch of holes. Yeah. Uh it's
1: it's a fine stand. I don't really care for it.
0: Yeah, it's just kind of like throw away whatever, I guess. I don't know. Um then we get Red Hot Chili Pepper, uh, which is or uh Red hotto Chili Pepper. Uh and it's user Otoishi, who is like a rock star. Uh so it has like electrical manipulation it can like travel through electrical lines and stuff yeah, it's neat. Yeah.
1: It's, a, yeah, it's an yeah, interesting he's like stand. the sub- yeah he's like the sub villain for the first part
0: of the show yeah um yeah like he actually has the stand arrow for a little wi- little while doesn't he mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah that's where we get Kishibi and um the the others from like the first half where, that all like join together to try to fight Kira
0: mhm um then we get the lock, uh which is the stand of Tamami, who is like basically a con man uh it's like it's basically like a lock that appears in your chest that represents your guilt, so he tries to like set up an accident like to make you feel guilty, and <laughs> he'll like put the lock on you and then con you out of money <laughs> so that you feel better, and he can take the lock off right so he's just uh, a shitty guy it's a not really a big threat he's just a douchebag uh then there's surface uh which is uh H- hazamata's stand uh who is a high school student uh which uh i don't know it's like like an artist mannequin uh but it, it can like mimic a person and transform into them and uh basically take control of that person's movements. Which is uh pretty wild. Uh then Yukiko Yamagishi, who is uh Koichi's love interest, uh has the stand of Love Deluxe.
1: Who appears in uh, all of like four episodes, by the way. There's 39, mind you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um I don't know. She can use her like, she can grow her hair to, like, supernatural lengths and, like, remotely control it and uh, use it as, like, tentacles to, like, mm-hmm. fight stuff. Uh, and she kidnaps Koichi. Uh, but then, uh, you know, after he beats her ass, he's like, oh, I I actually like you. And they start dating. <laughs> right. that how that works. That's how that works, you know. Yeah, sometimes Stockholm yeah. syndrome. Uh, Pearl Jam is the stand of Tonio Trasardi, the uh Italian chef. Is it really? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's called Pearl Jam. Did they change that for the? Uh, lo- I think they
2: localize it.
0: I think they called it Pole Jam in the localized name, but like they don't really call it by name. I think mm. too much that's fair
1: he's only in, like i said he's only in two episodes and actually the second episode is basically a cameo
0: yeah. yeah it's uh appears in the episode let's go eat italian food uh so he has the ability of curative cooking so he can like diagnose problems people have and like feed them dishes that contain bits of his stand inside it and they like repair his body it's like uh the episode has like a body horror element to it it's like okiyasu has like fillings and he like eats the dish and like his uh his teeth with cavities like fly out of his head and then like new ones grow in their place
1: uh, yeah it's crazy yeah like uh, if you're looking to like kind of like burn through this show i really recommend like getting up to like Getting the first arc done, which is, like, uh, where they they, they fucking uh, turn Arnwood into a fucking rock. Uh, and then, yeah. sk- then, you know, skip ahead from the introduction of Chili Pepper to this episode. Because this episode is legitimately good.
0: Yeah. I guess I didn't really mention it, but, like, uh, Joseph Joestar is back as, like, kind of a secondary ally in this. Uh, with his stand, Hermit Pepper uh because like uh he cheated on Susie Q and is Josuke's dad which i hate
1: i i i hate this plot point it's it's very bad
0: yeah it it super feels bad like i i don't know i don't completely hate it because they're like it's showing that Joseph's like a flawed person and like you know he does dumb shit too but like they I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't
1: help that like Jose like uh Josuke's mom was like maybe 18 at the time and uh Joseph was like 60 something at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes it weird, but like it it, it just it, it just kind of fucks with Joseph's character. Like I yeah. I don't know. I feel like you could have done also, anything else.
0: <laughs> also Josuke is technically Jotaro's uncle
1: yeah which is funny
0: um but yeah like joseph joestar is a very old person in this uh so like in one episode while they're just like wandering around they find an invisible baby uh who like they never end up finding their parents but like the baby's a stand user
1: they drop that storyline like yeah. it- the baby gets found. They're like, ah, we're going to find the baby's mother. The baby never is like an actual character again until like one episode with uh, Rohan where it's like, I'm going to use this baby for a second.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, her, her stand is called Octung Baby, uh, which is a, a U2 album. Uh, and like, Joseph ends up adopting her and she becomes Shizuka Joestar. And then like, I think there's uh like, some anim or like some manga stuff that has her in it and like she ends up getting the joestar birthmark tattooed onto her which is i don't know it's interesting sure um i don't know as like people were fucking around with the stand arrow there was also like they tested on some animals uh so we get the stand of rat with two t's based on uh the band of the same name uh which actually there are are two users that have the same stand, uh, and they're both rats. Uh, one of them is like, has a a notch out of its ear, like a, a leaf that was eaten by a bug. So they call it bug eaten. And then the other one doesn't. So they call them not bug eaten. (laughs) Idiots. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but I don't know that that stands interesting. It's like, uh, it's kind of like an automated, like sniper turret, uh, that shoots like these poison darts that like melt flesh. So they find like all the other rats that lived in the area that are like all congealed into like a big block of like flesh together, mm-hmm. and then uh, like the rats will come and eat it. It's disgusting.
1: It's very disgusting.
0: Yeah. Um. I don't know. There's uh another like secondary ally slash like rival slash antagonist uh called shigechi and his stand is harvest which we already mentioned uh which it's a bunch of like little tiny stands that go out and like scour town for money uh then we get cinderella which is the stand of aya suji uh it can like do makeovers on people and switch yep. their faces, which becomes a plot point,
1: like s- several episodes later,
0: yeah, um then we get uh Adam Hart father who uh basically it's it's the father of the main villain, but he's like trying to assist his son, who is the serial killer um but basically like he can. Trap people in a photo, so like they're going through like where they think the killer is uh and there's like an old Polaroid camera that like snaps a picture of them, but then they realize that like they're not able to move outside of the area that was in the photo uh but then they like trick him into like being in a photo when it's taken, uh and he becomes trapped in a photo, and then like for the rest of it. He's just flying around inside a Polaroid, stabbing people with the stand arrow. Yep. And it's really weird. It's very weird. Boy to man, uh, which basically like the, the kid is like trying to make Rohan play rock, paper, scissors with him and like yep. boy to man traps his soul or whatever. Uh, Earth, wind and fire, which is the stand of Mikitaka, which allows him to shape shift. Uh, It's not clear if it's actually a stand or not because he claims to be an alien.
1: Yeah, and he's like, that's probably like the big mystery, like mystery, because like Mickey Taka is only in like three episodes, so it doesn't really matter. But Mm. you know, he can he can shape shift, and so you're like, oh, is he is he an alien? Do we know? And this woman's like Mickey Taka, and he's like, I brainwash her, so it's like, who fucking knows?
0: Yeah, we never even see a spaceship. yeah i don't know uh it's real weird he's a weird character yeah. uh highway star which is the stand of yuya fungami uh it has a few different powers like which include like luring victims in and then pursuing them and draining away their life force uh it's like you know it tricks rohan into going into like a trap situation basically and starts to pursue him uh and it manifests as like footprints that chase him and then when they grab a hold of him they like drain away his life it's it's weird it's a weird stand
1: it's a very weird stand
0: um stray cat uh which belonged to a stray cat uh i don't know this the cat gets killed and like resurrects itself as a plant so it's like a fucking weird cat plant hybrid uh, that the main bad guy gets. Yeah. And uh, its power is that it shoots, like, air bubbles that, like, it can uh, basically... It's like, like weaponized air bubbles. We- weaponized air bubbles, yeah. It can, like, strangle people with them. I don't and know.
1: He blows off uh, someone's, like, toenail, which is, yeah. like, how it's like, oh, I can do that. Cool. It's a neat character design. Like, it's one of those yeah. character designs that, like, is so out of the box, like, even for this show.
0: Yeah, and, uh, like, the main villain can use it in an interesting way by, like, combining it with his own power. Um, I don't know, we get Superfly, which is, uh, basically, like, uh, like a electricity transmission tower. Mm. But, uh, if you go inside it, you become trapped there, so, like the the main user of it is always trying to leave by like tricking somebody else to come in uh because it's like he's a victim of it himself right uh it's it's a pretty weird one it's called superfly uh it should have been called tower of gray and tower of gray from part 3 should have been called superfly because it was a beetle that attacked people yeah that's true uh enigma which you mentioned uh it can seal objects and people into pieces of paper. Uh, it's, it's wild. It, it shows up for a little bit. Uh, yeah. And there's it a, actually there's is a, a problem associated with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is cheap trick, which they call cheap trap. Cause they don't want to get sued. Uh, it's, it's, it's a stand that like also jumps from user to user. Uh, but basically oh, like, yeah. uh, it latches onto a victim's back and, uh, like speaks into their ear and tries to force them to show other people their back. Uh, but then if, like, the person it's attached to, like, shows their back to anybody else, the victim dies and, like, cheap trick rips their way through them and attaches to, uh, the person who saw their back and they become its new host. Yeah. Uh, it's weird.
1: It's a weird one. Uh, yeah. But uh, I appreciated how they got rid of it because they again used the ever revolving uh, afterlife place where uh, the the other part of the urban legend is that you can't look back because if you look back your your soul will be claimed and eaten and sent to hell. So they they send the stand to hell by making it look back.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Um, that brings us to our main villain. So, what did you think of the serial killer Yoshikage Kira?
1: I mean, he's that standard serial killer trope that you kind of see in anime. Now, of course, the other mm-hmm. the only other one I think of is like Light Yagami, who of course is also Kira from Death Note, but like overly meticulous, uh, OCD in certain ways.
0: Uh, yeah, he has a specific obsession with uh, women's hands, so he'll kill women and like keep their hands as like a trophy, basically. And it's like he's dating the woman's severed hands. And he yeah. like, takes him to the park and does stuff with him and he probably weird, does dude. weird sex things.
1: Oh, definitely does weird sex things.
0: But uh, I don't know. This is where, like, I don't know if you noticed it before, but like, this is where like the censorship really comes into play on Netflix. So like a lot of the gore and stuff is just like blacked out. Yep. But like anytime he's carrying around a severed hand, like. It's like, oh, it's just, you know, all black and blurred out on like the cutoff flesh bit.
1: Yeah, it was like they, is that done they by did a Netflix lot of that and or
0: just by the show. <sighs> it was done. I think it was done by Netflix. Great. Honestly. Um but yeah, like we saw it a lot in part three as well. Mm. Like, but uh, I don't know. It's it's more noticeable here. It gets pre- it gets pretty egregious in some parts.
1: It's just a weird thing to fucking do with, the, you know, blacking out shit like it doesn't like they're they're cartoons like they're not like I've seen fucking real live people with like their arms blown off in in Netflix mm-hmm. shit. Like, are you going to start censoring that shit, too?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, So, of course, he's also uh, a stand user and his stand is killer queen
1: or deadly queen
0: deadly queen yeah uh so basically killer queen's ability is uh it can turn anything that it touches into a bomb uh and then it at will so this is how kira is able to hide the fact that he's killing many many people because he like obliterates the bodies by turning the people that he kills into bombs right uh leaving no trace uh and like i said it it has like it's another kind of evolution type stand or has like multiple bomb abilities. Uh the first of which is sheer heart attack. Uh which is like kind of an auto- like automatic uh basically indestructible like seeking bomb that like mm-hmm. it's like a little tank or like a bomb on on tracks that uh basically like it can detach from Killer Queen and it just goes after people relentlessly and like Kira doesn't have to really worry about it or do anything or really give a shit about it.
1: Yeah, he just has to go and it does its thing.
0: Yep. Uh of course, like Echoes Act Three defeats it by using three freeze. Uh and he, he comes along and says Okay, Master, let's kill the hoe. Beach! And then, like,
1: S-I-H-I-T. Forces it into the ground. Yeah, spell, in the English dub, <laughs> he spells shit a lot.
0: Yeah. Echoes is fucking great. Um, I don't know. We could talk about this show for, like, three more hours and not even, like, cover all the fucking weird things in it. Oh, yeah. Of course. But, uh, so, yeah, there's, like, a whole, like, sheer heart attack arc. Where they're trying to figure out like hey how the fuck do we get rid of this thing and like how do we trace it back to the user and find who Yoshikage Kira is because like now he's revealed himself and then like he uses uh, like the Cinderella stand to switch his face and uh, then kills her so like they they find out who Kira is and then like Kira becomes a different person and he's hiding again
2: yeah
1: and then uh, he he joins a family, and uh, the wife is very resentful of her husband until mm-hmm. Kira shows up, and then it turns out like that she like he's his personality it. is what she's into the entire time. So like she falls in, she falls in love with with Kira, which is fucking weird. Uh, but they also uh her and her original husband had had a son who like is very weirdly characterized for like yeah. his introduction period. It's like, I noticed my dad's shoes are smaller or some shit. I'm like, why do you care? Like, I, like if my dad fucking changed the size of his shoes, I would never fucking notice.
0: Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, he's basically, he's onto it and like that helps like the good guys find out who Kira is again. Uh, so, like, like I said, the, uh, like, Kira's dad is a stand user. He's flying around in a photograph. He has the stand arrow. Uh, so, like, he goes to try to warn Kira that, like, they're about to find out who he is. Uh, ends up, like, accidentally stabbing him with the stand arrow, which causes him to manifest a new ability, which is Bites Zadusto. If you can't uh, tell, this
1: man is entirely, entirely a queen stand user.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, Bites the Dust is pretty cool. Um, basically, like, it's it's a miniature version of Killer Queen that's planted on a host and activates whenever Kira's identity is revealed. Uh, so, like, basically, like, the son finds out uh kira fucking beats him to death but then like bites the dust activates on him and like blows up the timeline basically and that's like this this is like a theme carried over from dio like time manipulation is the most powerful ability for a villain to have
1: well, I mean, uh, they broke everything because they also gave Jotaro the ability to time skip. So they, they mm-hmm. need to ineffectualize Jotaro in some kind of way or fashion. And, like, having somebody reset time for, like, an entire hour is the way to do that. Now, also, the yeah. other way is to completely write him out of
0: conflicts. but Right. Um. So, Hayato, which is, uh, like the person that Kira took over his life, um, like he becomes the trigger for Bites the Dust. So Kira's just like, yeah, my name's Yoshikage Kira. You're not going to fucking tell anybody about it because if you do, you're going to kill them and yourself and then loop back to the day, uh, like the beginning of the day. So uh, if it, like revealing Kira's identity is the trigger for it, So if anybody says, like, the name Kira around Hayato, like, they blow up and then Bites the Dust creates a time loop. But, like, it removes the cause but keeps the effect. Yep. So, like, the person who was going to blow up will always blow up, whether or not Hayato reveals who Kira is to them. Right. It's a fixed Uh, point so it becomes, yeah, it becomes a fixed point until Kira deactivates bites the dust and, uh, it's fucking crazy.
1: Yeah. So it really, it has like this tension filled episode where, uh, the sun is just like, how do I get him to shut off bites the dust? Mm-hmm. Why? So that way, uh, Rohan can continue to live and we can still get him, you know, captured in some way, shape. Or
0: form. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, at one point, Kira had won, because, like, the whole group, like, all of the Morio warriors, or whatever the fuck they're called, uh, find out about Kira, and they all fucking blow up, and then the time loop resets, and Hayato's like, I have to find a way to prevent this before fucking Kira ends the time loop.
1: Right. So, yeah uh that that's an interesting thing and then like there's the the whole kira fight between uh Josuke and and Kira which uh is okay it's an it's an okay little thing like i i, I much prefer like the what the the head games that was going on between uh the little kid and Kira the entire time mm-hmm. uh, the the Josuke fight is basically like, ah, can I punch him a million times or can I throw these shards of glass at him a million times? I can. (laughs) Hooray.
0: Yeah. I don't know. That's, uh, like, obviously, like, Crazy Diamond is a much better stand for one on one fighting than Killer Queen is. But, like, uh, I don't know. Like, Kira's desire to, like, survive and, like, win at any cost is what makes that fight interesting when it happens yeah it's like uh i don't know like they're both pulling out their best tricks against each other and kira gets fucked up and then he, run over and killed by an ambulance
1: he gets run over and chewed <laughs> up by the tires
0: uh, and it's fucking hysterical
1: yeah they they rip off his face so that way you know it's kira but you don't know that uh the body of the guy he took over so you're just like ah well shit uh i guess that guy just like Cause the They even say, like, the <laughs> wife is, like, waiting for him to come home at any time because she's now madly in love with him. So, like, it's weird that, like, Kira saved, like, the perception of a marriage. E- even though, like, it's I think it's heavily implied that this man has never had sex in his entire life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently, when he was a kid, he used to beat off to the Mona Lisa's hands a lot. <laughs>
1: Whatever, man. You do you. But yeah, uh I, I like this season. I,
0: I, I, I might like it than,
1: I, I think I might might like it better than uh Stardust Crusaders, mainly because it's nine episodes shorter.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I um I like Diamond as Unbreakable a lot. Uh Crazy Diamond is is really cool and uh Josuke is like a good like a really good uh like character to kind of build the whole thing around so yeah yeah i like it it's a strong season
1: we'll see how golden wind does with uh i believe the character is uh giovanni Gio- giovano or something like that it's
0: uh giorno giovanna okay sure but uh i'll i'll give you spoilers for how next week's going to go uh the golden wind is my favorite part like okay and it's it's not close
1: <laughs> okay because like uh, like we've been building up to like insanity like and i feel like we we've hit peak insanity so far but you know there's still many places we can go with insanity because like we we got some jojo poses like the best one is uh clearly the one that caps off the series or like the season of josuke doing like the handle on his hip and like the eh thing. You know what I'm talking about? Like that that's the, the final pose. So, you know, waiting on some more good poses. Yeah. All right. Uh and that'll move us into our uh first of three uh patron requested reviews uh in a in a row in a week. Like we're not doing, you know, all of them today. Uh I don't know why I said it the way I did. Uh today we're talking about uh Leon the Professional brought to us by The Bubby. Well, fine, if you don't want my money. You mean, if we watched terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the patron review segment.
0: Yeah. Uh, Leon the Professional is a 1994 R-rated uh, action crime drama film. It's an 8.5 out of 10 on IMDb. 12-year-old Matilda is reluctantly taken in by Leon, a professional assassin, after her family is murdered. An unusual relationship forms as she becomes his protege and learns the assassin's trade. This is written and directed by Luc Besson and stars uh, Jean Reno, Gary Oldman, and Natalie Portman. Uh, I hope I said those names correctly.
1: That's close enough. Uh,
0: so Dan... What did you think of uh, Leon the Professional? Uh, It's good. I don't
1: see the 8.5 in it anywhere, Uh, mainly because of, and this is tainted because of ulterior knowledge, but uh, knowing that at at some point, Luc Besson legitimately wrote a pedophilic storyline into the movie. So, like, instead of Matilda having, like, this one-sided love for, like, different, like, they, they say they love each other at some point in the movie, but, like, mm-hmm. she loves him in a different way than he loves her. Uh, instead, it's he- more heavily implied that they have the same type of love, and you're just like, no, please, please, God, no. Uh, thank God that's only in, like, the director's cut version of the movie, and uh, somebody talked Luke Basson out of doing that but uh Natalie Portman you can tell at such a fucking young age like holy shit this girl's a star like she has such commanding presence watching her on screen yeah she's good in it
0: um i don't know i uh, for my part i like the movie um i feel like i missed the window of exposure for me to like love this movie yes like like people seem to um i get that it's like a cult film but uh I don't know. Like it's one of one of those ones that like it's been hyped up so much and so many times that uh I don't know what I was expecting. Yeah. But I don't know, it's a it's good. It's a fine little movie. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like
1: uh, and you're 100% right. I've missed the window. Like the Luke Besson movie that I love is taken. So like mm-hmm. uh which, you know, similar-ish premise, so uh, you know he has a formula for making good movies where he's just like, yes, father figure uh, saves daughter figure, go. Not you know, father figure has consensual seeming relationship with twelve year old girl. No, no, don't, don't like that. Big X on that. But yeah, uh, I don't know. Genre knows good. Uh, Gary old man is. I think this is an overrated performance. Everyone's like, he's so fantastic. And it's like, is he? He's just he's, hamming it up.
0: He's really good in everything, though. Like, I would say, I would say his character in this is basically the same as his character <laughs> in the fifth element, except not Besson. sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. I think
1: Luke, I I Luke Bassan just has him act in a certain way and it's just Mm -hmm. different from how i see any other gary oldman movie so it's just it just stands out as being like hammy and over the top as opposed to like maybe this is actually just his skill set
0: i i now know the source of the gary oldman gif where he's screaming everyone
1: yeah i don't know uh danny aiello is also in this which is uh Another time where Danny Aiello randomly shows up in one of the movies we watched because he was also in uh, "Do the Right Thing" as mm-hmm. the pizza shop owner Sal. There we go; that's his name, Sal. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, he's in this as uh, a pizza shop owner who is named Tony. So you know, we we only give Danny Aiello stereotypical Italian names, and then uh, we make him in charge of a fucking pizza shop.
0: Yeah, and he's like. <laughs> I don't know if that's the intent or if they ever come right out and say it but I assume that he's stealing all of Leon's money. Yes.
1: I I 100% think he is stealing all of Leon's money. Like he like cuz I think it's implied that Leon is developmentally disabled in some kind of way. Yeah. Uh like he's he, really
0: good at one thing which is shooting people.
1: Yeah. So like it feels like Tony is taking advantage of Leon and uh so like From Leon's perspective, it's a mentor relationship, but in reality, it's just, you know, Leon Mm. puts in way more to this relationship than Tony does. And it also seems like, you know, assuming Matilda moves into that kind of world, that it's going to be the same thing for her, where she's going to be, you know, vulnerable in some way, and he's going to take advantage of her.
0: And that eventually, like, she'll catch on and fucking shoot Tony.
1: yeah. I know people have been calling for, like, a sequel and seeing, like, Natalie Portman in the Matilda role and seeing where that goes. I'd, I'd maybe check that out. Well, I, I wouldn't maybe check that. I'd probably check that out. Now, of course, is Luke Basson yeah. writing it? Because if he is, dear God, help us
0: all. Yeah, and I don't... I don't really think that Natalie Portman would be interested, honestly. I don't see that happening. No. But,
1: yeah, uh... Yes, it's, like, it's like a good... 90s drama action movie like it it shows restraint yeah. at points, but it it also ratchets up to eleven when it has to.
0: Yeah, it's so a it's a thing of its time. So yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed my time with it. Uh, I'll likely not watch it again true. if I'm being honest. True, that's that's fair.
1: You're allowed to never watch anything ever again. So,
0: oh really? Yeah. Uh, I can just quit the show if you want. I don't
1: care. (laughs) Uh, But I'm going to go a a solid three and a half on uh, Leon the Professional. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, Hooray. Well, next week on the show, we'll be doing, as we said before, uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5 Season 4 Golden Wind. And on the back half of that, we'll be doing a patron requested review from Jason for Richie Rich. <laughs> uh,
0: can't wait for that.
1: And we got uh,
0: Mr. McCulkin. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Uh, tell him stuff, Dan.
1: You can find the show on Netflix and Spill.com if you want stop shop for all things. Netflix and Swill, check out our merch, check out our podcast pages, check out all the other podcasts that are hosted on our website. You can do that only from one place. It's Netflix and com. As I said, Netflix and com. One-stop shop. All things. Netflix and Swill.
0: Very nice, ooh, Caesar Chain. Holy shit! Thunder to beach. Oh my
1: god! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I, I, that's probably the biggest missed opportunity in uh, all of part four is that Joseph is too fucking old now to do any
0: of that shit. Like he was in his sixties yeah. during Yeah, because, like he could try to do that, but then he would die.
1: Yeah. But like yeah, he uh yeah, in his sixties, like he's still virile enough where he's like, Yeah, I can yeah, I can fucking scream and uh recoil
0: at tentacles. <laughs> Alright. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited to round out anim April. I'm glad we did the whole JoJo thing and uh excited to talk about golden wind so thank you to space weather for the use of our theme song bitter uh and until next week this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday